Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are old school versus new school. The NFL's top QBs compete on the golf course. The PGA's best get-together right here in our backyard. NASCAR takes on St. Louis. Down to four teams competing for Lord Stanley's Cup. The Lakers find their new head coach. Is he the answer in L.A.? Celtics versus Warriors. Who will hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy? With that, I give you our chief fire fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Wednesday night. Coming at you live from the studio in Matt's basement. We actually, the match has already started here. Uh, we're, we got it on the monitor here in the studio watching it. Um, looks like Mahomes and Allen are down two holes, or down two points already. So, um, but uh, looking, they're looking pretty good on the par three right here. So uh, with that, we'll kind of, kind of give you a little rundown how this thing works. They're playing 12 holes on the wind course there in Las Vegas. Um, it's a modified alternate shot. Can you kind of explain what that is a little bit, Colton? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, based on years past, uh, it's been where uh, they they basically have <clears throat> used only one person's drive or, you know, whatnot. But on, on this one, both both players get the, get the tee off or, you know, whatever, and then they decide – which ball to use after their tee shot. And then it, you know, kind of alternates shots from, from there. So, you know, whoever's ball they, they take, um, you know, from after the tee shot, you know, if they, you know, for instance, for example, if they take Mahomes tee shot, then, you know, Josh Allen has to, you know, hit the second shot or whatever. So I think in years past, it's been, you know, kind of uh, somewhat of, of, uh, taking one person's, you know, tee shot or, you know, one person from the group tees off and that's what they use no matter what or whatever. But I think this year they, they decided to go, uh, both players get the, get the tee off or, you know, get to, uh, put one out there and play. And then they decide where to, where to go with their second shot from, from there. So okay. going to be, going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Like I said, it's uh kind of old school versus new school here in the, in the, you know, amongst the NFL QBs, um, you know, like dad said, we got, Tom Brady, um, you know, and Aaron Rodgers paired up versus uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen. So, you know, kind of the the old the old guys versus the the new guys, the new the new QBs of the fresh blood in the in the NFL when it comes to quarterback play. So, we'll see what they uh, what they can do on the on the golf course. Something a little bit out of their out of their element or their normal realm here. But uh, like Dad said, Brady and Rodgers off to off to a good start, or off to a hot start. So mm-hmm. see if uh, Mahomes and Allen can can pick it up here over the next um, several several holes. So yeah, for me, looking at this thing, I, I think Brady and Rodgers going to run away with this thing. They've played in multiple pro ams. They played with the pros. They've been out there. They've done this. Or I haven't heard much about Mahomes or mm-hmm. Allen golfing. So I I think this thing's going to get ugly before it gets uh, well, any better. Yeah. I looked up there, uh, Brady, right? They, they estimate his handicap at 8.1 mm-hmm. and Rogers at a 4.6. Yeah. Um, and then Allen is a nine and Mahomes a 7.7, but actually they said, I was reading where Mahomes just won a, uh, him and his favorite target, Travis Kelsey, just won a, a two man scramble on this same course here recently. So mm-hmm. after, uh, after they got put out of the playoffs, I guess, uh, yeah, at the end of the season last year. They uh, they came out and yeah they he's coming off a win on this course so, right. so familiar yeah. with the course or knows the course pretty well so I think right, that right. definitely helps um, you know coming into it because yeah that well, was I, I agree with Matt you know I think uh, you know Rogers obviously you know very very good very golf. solid golfer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll it'll be interesting uh, you know we're only 
two holes in and the old guys are already up by two. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, be, be interesting. Yeah. Coming into this, you know, but for me, the biggest wild card was, was kind of Patrick Mahomes, you know, what, what was, what was he going to be like, you know, kind of reading some, some stuff online. I mean, a lot of information about, you know, Josh Allen playing in a lot of, you know, different tournaments and playing on some pro-ams and stuff like that. Brady Rogers, same, same thing, but Mahomes, you know, outside of kind of that tournament that he played in with his, with his uh, teammate there, really hasn't played a, a ton of, you know, like competitive golf. I mean, he probably plays quite a bit maybe in the off season if when he can or whatever, but uh, as far as kind of competitive golf goes, he doesn't play play a ton. So I think that for me was kind of the, the big wild card coming into this. And But to, don't you think every time these guys are on the course, they're competitive? I oh, mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, they're playing, probably playing with other guys, maybe other uh, NHL guys or other sports figures. And, mm -hmm. you know, with their competitive spirit, uh, you know, and that drive to be a professional athlete, I think I think you're always there's always going to be some kind of a competition, whether it's for, you know, like MJ, you know, used to play for wow. so much a hole and mm -hmm. he's got, so he, much a drive sometimes, yeah, sometimes or a or, shot or, you know, or, whatever. You know, yeah. Who knows? Or, you know, playing for who buys the first round at the 19th hole or something. Right, but, right. Uh, I'm sure there's always some kind of competition. Yeah, and I mean, obviously this one, this one is uh, you know the sixth time that they're doing this this match. It's been you know a combination of different players mm -hmm. throughout the the six years that they that they've done it. Obviously, this is the first year where there won't be an actual professional golfer on the uh, you know on the match. Um, so it's you know four guys that you know aren't known for being you know professional golfers. So a little bit something you know something different that they haven't done in the past. So be interesting to see you know what the uh, you know, what the ratings are and just, you know, how the overall, you know, kind of game game goes. Yeah, I was kind of, I was going to ask kind of what you guys' opinions of, of that new format was, because to me, I thought the appeal was always to see how these guys stack up with a pro golfer, mm -hmm. you know, so not, not having a pro involved. I think to me, it loses a little bit of its luster. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like it. I mean, I think it's kind of, it, it's obviously different. I, I kind of, you know, like it. Obviously we know what the professional golfer can do. I mean, we're used to seeing them play weekend mm -hmm. and week out, you know, it's, it's interesting to see. Yeah. Some guys that you don't, you know, you don't see on the golf course, you know, all the yeah. time to see what, you know, if they're, if they are any good at any other sport other than, you know, playing football or, you know, playing basketball or, you know, whatever sport that they might be well known for, it's, it's interesting to see them outside of their element, just kind of see how they are when they're not, you know, on that, on the gridiron, when they're, you know, yeah. locked in, ready to play. So just a little bit, something to, you know, take them a little bit out of their sure. element and just, you know, a fun thing. Of course, you know. it's all the, all for charity, right. you know, that actually uh, Mahomes and Allen just got a, just got a point back there on that last hole. So they're only down one. Right. Um, no, it's all for charity, but, uh, you know, I think it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, you know, and these guys, you know, get the fans get to be up close in person. I see them high five and going down the cart path there and stuff. So, well, you want to move on to the professional well, just, golfers? Well, one, one, you know, quick note there, you know, uh, you know, Brady, Brady has played in this thing twice. Um, he's over two so far. So history is not, not on his side. And also, the underdog in, in three of the five matches have won, you know, the yeah. underdog has won did, three of the five. So, well. yeah. you know, I guess, uh, you know, Mahomes and Allen, you know, have a shot with Brady, you know, being winless in this thing and, you know, underdogs taking it here, you know, majority of the time, you know, I guess can't, can't count them out. So, you know, they obviously got a hold back there. So they're right there in the thick of things. Just got to, you know, keep, keep playing good golf. So. Man, if he loses this for a third time, I think it's time to hang up the clubs. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah wanted everything else but right. golf's not been kind this so. match has not been good to yeah. him all right well let's move on to the uh memorial that starts tomorrow um 
Colton, I, and Matt are all going to get a chance to go at least once uh, this weekend um, in one of the four rounds. Colton and I are going to go tomorrow, and then uh, Colton and Matt are going to go to the final round on Sunday. So mm-hmm. yep. the weather's looking pretty solid. Uh, maybe a little bit of rain tomorrow morning. They may get a little bit of a later start, the, the 7 o'clock. They might, know, might not go off right at 7. They might be delayed a little bit. But, uh, you know, we're looking for looking for some good golf. Um, I see coming in uh, – the John Rahm's a favorite, mm-hmm. uh, one in 2020. He's a nine to one odds, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that I'm, and I'm glad to see this, uh, Roy McElroy's, uh, second at 10 to one. So yeah. Yeah. Glad, glad to see Rory back up there again. He kind of struggled a little bit last year. I felt, and, mm-hmm. uh, he's playing better golf. I think this year, um, defending chap champ, uh, Patrick Cantlay's, uh, uh, third f- favorite, uh, 14 to one. And, Fifth um, is Jordan Spieth at eighteen to one. So right. I got some thoughts on uh, who I think. I don't think it's going to be any of those four guys, but uh, okay. we'll we'll get into that. Let you guys, Matt, you want to start us off with what you got? Yeah, well, like you said, John Rahm's the uh, the early betting favorite, and I, you know I have a hard time betting against him here. Like I said, he won two years ago, and he was dominating the course last year until, until COVID struck and mm-hmm. he had to withdraw. Right, right. I, I think he he was going to go on to win two years in a row. Mm-hmm. He, he seems to just have this course's number. He he knows right. all. He's got all the shots for it. He plays great on this Jack Nicholas design course. You know, one one of my favorite courses near and dear to me being, you know, from our home state of Ohio here, sure, designed absolutely. by my favorite golfer of all time and Jack Nicholas. You know, you it's know. funny though. Jack only won that one memorial twice. Yeah. 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 I, I, I read that today. I thought that, that kind of surprised me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, like dad said, the, the weather, you know, other than tomorrow, we you know, potentially be in, you know, some rainy conditions or whatever. I mean, it looks like, the rest of the you know rest of the rounds Friday Saturday and Sunday are going to be absolutely beautiful yeah, good beautiful good day golf. good yeah. days for golf you know not too extremely hot and very very low chances of rain you know very very low wind so I, I expect some some low scores here you know over over the weekend but uh, you know I, th- I think you know you got to look at it um, you know there, there's several things you got to look at when you're playing this when you're playing this course and and for me I think a lot of the important things are kind of the the approach shots I mean this this course is set up that it's it's tough I mean. It, if you can consistently drive the ball, you know, down the, you know, down the fairway, you got to have good, you know, second shots to, to pinpoint them, put them in, in, the, in the right, you know, spots, because, uh, you know, the, the way that, you know, Jack designed or, you know, the way he always kind of designs his courses is that he rewards the players that have good, good iron work. So, and this course is no, no different. So if you see, you know, John Rob, a lot of those guys that, that, you know, have good irons or good second shots, those are the guys that are going to do well here, I think, at this at this course. So that's thing to you know keep in mind. And you know another thing to to keep in mind is there's a couple of par fours. I think there's six of them that are between 450 and 500 yards, which is pretty pretty long for you know a typical par four on you know on the PGA Tour. So there's several par fives that are easily approachable or easily you know reachable in, in two shots. Um, so I think. You know, those those ones are going to be, you know, the ones that people, you know, get birdies and eagles Make on. So that's on, that's yeah. really not going to be, you know, where you see the difference. I think these par fours, these long par fours is really, you know, oh. who who does wells on these, you know, throughout the week is really going to be yeah, you know, even just parring out. And right. Not right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Who's you know that yeah. I think that's going to be the difference maker or, you know, one of the difference X factors, if you will, of, you know, who's towards the top of the leaderboard and who's, you know, towards towards the bottom. But uh you know, like Dad said, you know, I got got a few golfers here to watch. You know, John Rom being one of them. Rory, Rory to you know watch here. 
um, Victor Hovland, um, also Xander Shoffley also to, to watch there. So a lot of guys that are kind of, you know, towards the top there and kind of the world golf rankings. But uh, yeah, I think John Rahm always plays well here just because he is a very good, you know, ball striker, very good, you know, second shot kind of guy. And, you know, he just knows this course, you know, too well to, to not, to not do well there. So we'll see, you know, it hasn't, hasn't gotten off to the greatest start here to the PGA season, but uh, you know, We'll see what he what he can do um, at, at this course that he's you know awfully familiar with. Yeah, as good as this field is looking, it, I think the bigger story coming into this tournament is the, the guys who aren't showing up this year. Uh-huh. You know, you had stalwarts that are always there, and Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, who who won't be playing this year, and then also not playing is uh, PGA Championship winner Justin Thomas and okay. World Number One Scotty Scheffler. Oh wow! All all not not coming to the Memorial this year. So that that's kind of a, a sad thing for the Memorial because mm-hmm. they they always seem to draw the best of the best. Right. I mean, this is considered the, the closest thing to a major that you can get for mm-hmm. not being a major tournament. So, yeah. You know, it, it stinks not to see those guys, but. I'm still excited to see, you know, all the all the great golfers that did decide to show up here. Oh yeah, there's right. going to be some good golf played. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, everybody wanted to, everybody kind of figured Tiger wasn't going to wasn't yeah. going to be able to make it this weekend. Um, you know, five-time champ, three-peated 99, 2000, 2001, but mm-hmm. uh, you know. So, I'm going to get Jordan I, I like Jordan Spieth, but I don't know, he's just been so inconsistent this year. He's got one win and and two runners up, but then he missed a cut at the Masters, uh, missed a cut at the Players. So mm-hmm. I, I just don't – and like Colton said, this is a course who you need to stay consistent on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to tell you, my, my favorite to win this thing right now is Will Zalatoris, even though he's at 28-1. to 1, mm-hmm. He's been so consistent this year, and his right. iron play has been just phenomenal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the long shot. He's – right now, that so far this year, he's um, number six um, out of all professional golfers in uh, – making the greens in regulation at, at over 70%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. I like, I like a, his chances. He's uh, been real close. Right. Had a good, you know, good showing at the PGA championship. Yep. Obviously went to the playoff with Justin Thomas and yep. fell just short there, but you know, last year at the masters, you know, finished second place. I mean, so he's been up there. He's yep. you know I, trying to get his, get his moment or whatever. Right. So he's, so, he's right there. I, no, my, my money's going in, you know, kind of long odds there at 28 to one, but, uh, very rarely do you see the guy that you know Vegas picks win. It's, right. It's, it's yeah. Very uh, rare. It's a shame Ohio hasn't opened their sports book slated for January first of next year, starting right, right. starting uh, sports betting in Ohio. Right. You know, right. Put some down on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. One. Yeah. So. That's what that's what makes I think golf a little bit more fun. Is it's always even though there's always somewhat of a clear favorite, it's still long odds even for and, you know because i mean it's it's four rounds of golf i mean yeah. anything can happen in, in four days in the, so yeah. even if you want to pick the favorite i mean you still can win some some favorable money even if you go with the go with the favorite but yeah it's always you know decent to throw you know throw some money on on a guy that's kind of a long shot or a little bit longer odds just because i mean payouts even better and and you don't have to put a lot in to you know get get a decent payout so yeah, absolutely all right. Well, is all you, all you guys got on the memorial then? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't so. wait to go tomorrow. It's going to yeah. be a good time. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. You yeah. know, looking forward to, you know, I've, it's been, been a couple of years since we've been, been there. Been. So it's going to yeah. be good to, you know, go back and, you know, see the course. Yeah. And, Cause they did some big changes last year. Right. Was it last year? That yeah. They, I think the course was, you know, under construction, a lot of, you know, changes yeah, that they made last so. year or the year before. And it's, we haven't been there since they made a lot of the changes. So it'll be interesting to see what, you know, the, the changes that they did make. So, yeah. Um, on to, uh, the NASCAR professional drivers here, before we get into this weekend's race, I kind of wanted to run down like, um, the, 
the Coca-Cola 600, one by Denny Hamlin and a Toyota. And there was two other top, three out of the four top cars at the Coca-Cola were Toyotas last weekend. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um, Chase Elliott, the points leader, was a disappointing 33rd. Mm. He uh, got into a little tap with the wall and, you know, early in, or in the second round or the second stage, lap 186, and he was over before, or he was out of the race before stage two even finished. Mm, so mm, tough day for your points leader. But right. uh, like Colton said, um, moving on to this weekend, the Worldwide Technology Raceway. It's actually in Illinois, right. but it's a suburb of St. Louis. Yeah. Um, you know, they actually list it as Madison, Illinois. But mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. um, first time they've ever raced here. So it's NASCAR has uh, raced here. Nascar has yeah, ever raced yeah. here. They've had several it's, other, you know, truck series. F1, I think, has raced yeah, here. It, but it's, Yeah, it's quite a quite a complex. They got the one and a quarter mile oval for, you know, the Cup Series. And then there's a... Uh, 1.6 mile infield road course mm -hmm. and then also a drag quarter mile drag strip yeah there yeah. so uh yeah if you're if you're a gearhead this is a place to go yeah um, absolutely and i think like that I said, first time there and what they did was they dropped one of the races at pocono this mm -hmm. year and uh picked up this course and i've been to pocono um it, it's a terrible course <laughs> uh, it's a terrible track yeah you can't see much of the track from the infield mm -hmm. um the drivers always complained that it was rough mm -hmm. you know it was a bumpy track mm -hmm. so i think you know if, if they don't do something with, with that track i think you know pocono might be looking at losing the losing the nascar uh boys coming there all together um, so. this place will be a, a good spot for them in the future it sold out like almost instantaneous yeah. that's the same yeah. as announced so yeah. i mean the, uh, the the Illinois St. Louis area was really looking forward to getting a NASCAR race in their backyard. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think it'll be exciting to see what goes on there. And, you know, this is kind of the, the second race of kicking off the second half of the season after the All-Star race. And every one of these races is going to be important because mm -hmm. so far this year, we've had 12 different drivers yeah. win races. Wow. So yeah. out of the 14 races, 12 different winners. Mm. Nice. You can only have 16 in the playoffs. So, right, right. you know, if, if you get four more, if you get five more winners, that means somebody that the, won a race is, isn't making On the, the outside looking year. in. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. All, all these races are getting really, really important now. Mm, yep. and, um, it's just it's an exciting time to start watching some NASCAR races. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Right now, what I saw was the odds maker given the odds makers are given the two Kyle's uh kyle larson kyle bush the best odds of winning right now so right. you know we'll see how uh your points leader chase elliott you know winds up this weekend and uh yeah i think it's going to be exciting right mile and a quarter is kind of on the smaller side for most of the 240 240 laps yeah, 300 miler so mm -hmm. it's kind of a short race so yeah it'll be interesting kind of broken up into you know now that nascar does stages similar to kind of like f1 you know how they do the stages or whatever stage one's 45 laps stage two 95 laps and the final stage is, is 100 laps so that's how it's kind of broken down that the, you know the 240 mm -hmm, laps mm -hmm. there or whatever but uh you know you, you talk about kyle larson and you know somebody that needs maybe you know has a win under his belt but maybe would like to add one more to you know put position himself a little further up there in the point like stand. sixth maybe? Not ninth ninth oh yeah. yeah yeah toward the toward the bottom there the, of the top 10 so like to project himself, but it, it, you know, going through kind of the points, I mean, it's, it's tight. I oh, mean, it's yeah. First, yeah, well, like Matt said, we've got so many different winners and first to 10th is separated by 89 points. So wow. it's, it's not, you know, a super big margin I and mean, it, it, it would only take maybe, you know, winning a race or, you know, leading several laps in a race to bump yourself up from 10th to, you know, be in the top three, maybe. Right. So it's, it's a tight race right now. And I think, yeah, like Matt said, anybody's ball game at this point, I'm still a lot of season to go, but uh, you know, I think, yeah, I think Lewis is, 
happy to have you know the boys there to to race and um, we'll we'll see how how it goes for them in this and, that, and that's race. great news to hear that to sell out so quick mm-hmm. you know I right think, for, for nascar yeah. i think for the city of st louis and for nascar absolutely. in general so yep, absolutely all right very good we're going to take a quick commercial break uh don't leave us we'll be right back this podcast is sponsored by bean podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast we use podbean to host fired up Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean Days of Podcast Hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking with us there. Uh, quick commercial. We're gonna we're gonna get into uh, the boys on the skates on the on the on the ice there for the battle for Lord Stanley's Cup. We're down to four teams. Um, one game down in that in that Western series. Uh, Edmonds down one to nothing uh, to Colorado after a fourteen uh, goal goal fest, the scoring right. fest there in that first round. I mean, most times you give up two goals in every period, you're not gonna win. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you score eight total, it's almost guaranteed you're going to win, and that's that's what the Avalanche did. They gave up two goals in every in every um, period there to the Oilers, but um, you know scored I think three in their first in the first period, four in the second period, and uh, one in the final period. Right. So to hang on and get the win, um, you know, it's uh, was a crazy game, um, you know. And I I look, my, you know, I, well, I'll let you guys go before I tell you who I think is going to pull this out. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I going into this, you know, before, you know, when I started kind of making my notes for this, you know, I, I thought this was going to be a high powered, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a high scoring affair. And, and, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think it's going to come down to who can play the better defense. And in my opinion, that's that's Colorado. Even if we get into these, you know, high scoring matches, I think Colorado can get enough stops to, you know, stop, stop the Oilers. I, I don't think I don't know that you can really stop the Oilers it, it's a matter of you know preventing them from scoring you know too many. A, a, too many goals or whatever that puts yourself out of it I think you know in their in their previous series you know with with Calgary I think the difference was that that Calgary didn't really have the offensive firepower to keep up to keep up with Edmonton where I think the Avalanche not only are they you know you know just as good or you know a little bit better on on the defensive side but they got the offensive firepower to go behind it too and I think Colorado you know they're they're you know, solid, solid team. But yeah, I, I expect this one to be, you know, fireworks going through, you know, throughout the series here. And, you know, I think potential, you know, could go, could go game, game seven in this one. And, uh, but I like, I like Colorado to, to advance in the, in the, for the Stanley cup finals. Yeah, absolutely. And Colorado got here after they dispatched the St. Louis blues four, two in their series and Edmonton, like I said, dispatched Calgary four games to one mm-hmm. uh, looking at the statistics for both these teams. Calgary is better in almost every statistical category. Mm-hmm. And uh, these two did play three times in the regular season with uh, Calgary winning uh, three, two games to one mm-hmm. in the, in the, regular seasons or Colorado I'm sorry, Colorado yeah. winning two games in one regular season uh, like I said Colorado took uh, game one in the series eight to six and just an amazing offensive performance for both, both teams right right and just to see Colorado. with you know Evander Kane Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl there to, to you know propel them to victory where the Avalanche are a little bit more balanced or have been balanced so far through the playoffs they got 
seven different players that have scored. Um, they have at least three goals through, through the playoffs and then uh, five different players that have double digit point totals. So I think they're just getting a lot of, a lot of opportunities, a lot of scoring, a lot of assists from, you know, a bunch of different guys where Edmonton, you know, they obviously three is not, you know, not bad number to have when you're trying to, you know, win, win games. But I just think Edmonton relies a lot on those guys to do, do a lot for them. If, if you know, Colorado can find a way to, somewhat slow them down I think you know Colorado definitely has has the edge in this one and you know I think like I said it comes down comes down to defense Mm -hmm. Colorado through the playoffs has only given up 27 shots per game where on the flip side Edmonton's given up almost 38 shots a game so I mean it's just a difference maker and I think you know the the so far through the series um, Edmonton the, the teams that they faced have not taken advantage of those high shot numbers I think Colorado is a is a different team that you give them 40, 50 shots a night, they're going to make you pay for it. So I I just think better defensive play from Colorado that they'll, they'll propel and and get to the, get to the Stanley cup. All right. Very good. And the other uh, on the East side there, um, starts tonight. Um, I might've already started. It's on ESPN. Yeah. Eight eight o'clock. So probably just getting ready to get going Mm -hmm. here. Got the Tampa Bay lightning. Um, they start their series with the Rangers tonight. Um, actually in New York, I think New York, uh, the Rangers had a, maybe a were one, one game, game better yeah. during the season. So, uh, you know, Tampa Bay's trying to three-peat here, and uh, the Rangers are trying for their first cup since 94 and only their second one in 82 years. So, oh, wow. Wow. you know, kind of a – New York needs something. Yeah. Their sports teams have oh, been, yeah. you know, So, you know, can, for... can you look at it like, you know, the Rangers are hungrier? I don't know. Or, you know, Tampa Bay, I don't know. I don't know. They're so seasoned. Tampa Bay looks thing. like they're still on a mission. Oh, <laughs> they, yeah, they just have looked incredible. You know, they obviously were, what, second best record at, um, in the East. But then through the playoffs so far, they just looked like a different team. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, another team, like I said, on a, on a mission to prove, yeah, I mean, prove something like they're trying to win their first Stanley Cup. I mean, yeah, it looks like the JV playing the varsity a lot, yeah. you know, so far through the playoffs, I think. Mm-hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. give me your guys' thoughts on that series. Yeah, look, look at this. I mean, Tampa Bay, they got here by sweeping the regular season best team in hockey in the Florida Panthers. I mean, just swept them. Yeah, for the bad, bad. That's, that's, yeah. that's impressive. Uh, what the New York, they got here, uh, they were taken to their limit in a seven-game series against the Carolina Hurricanes. Look at these two teams on paper. They're super close. Uh, you know, their, their difference is Tampa Bay is more of an offensive team where New York's more of a defensive team. Tampa Bay scores 200, scored 285 goals this season to 250 for New York, but New York gave up 204 goals in the season to 228 for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, they always say defense wins championships, and I think that can do a lot lot to come into play here. Uh, New York took this regular season series 3-0 against Tampa Bay. Wow. And – uh with all that, I think New York's got a good shot of knocking off the defending champions here. They're playing great hockey. Yep. They're they're playing like a team that's got something to prove. And mm-hmm. you know, like like Colton said, New York they, they need something. needs something here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be it'd be good to see for New York to yeah. see pull this off. Absolutely, and you know, just kind of piggybacking off that. I mean, it seems like New York is like the team of destiny at this point. They they've you know come back from several deficits mm-hmm. in their first round series. They came down from being down three to one to the Penguins. Yeah. Then they were down two nothing to Carolina, and then they were down three to two against Carolina again later in that series. Still managed to come out and you know win win two series in Game Seven. So you know they yeah. they definitely. Yeah, uh, I thought they were done against Pittsburgh. I yeah. thought yeah. they yeah. they you know found a way you know to to get it done. And and, and I think for me this one's going to come down to, to goalie play. We know what we're going to get from from Tampa Bay's goal. I mean he's 
by far probably one of the I mean is the best goalie left in the in the you know in with the playoff teams that are left but uh you know the goalie for the, for the Rangers and Igor Shurstek and he's he's no slouch he's, he's playing well here yeah. recently after you know kind of um you know he's he gave up two or two or fewer goals in uh you know six of the seven games against Carolina so he's coming in hot you know kind of got off to kind of a rough start against the Penguins but since that point has really stepped it up and really played played well so but like I said, it, Andre Vasilevsky for for Tampa Bay. Mm. I mean, the man is the best, the best in the business. Uh, in elimination games, he's ten and zero, and he's in six of those ten games, he's pitched a shutout. You know, wow. has a shutout too. Ooh, so a, the guy, the guy is great. He's uh, a wall back there. So far through the you know through the playoffs, he's eight and three with a ninety three percent save percentage, and that's against the two best offensive teams Scoring in the teams NHL. And, yeah, so you know yeah. they, they've. They've done well, so I think yeah, this is gonna be gonna be an interesting series. But I think it comes down to down to goalie play. You know who's who who you know attacks the goalie who gets their opportunities and you know puts the puck in 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 the net. Obviously. One thing about Vasilevsky is he's one that can save a team if your defense has a letdown. Mm-hmm. You know, and lets somebody lets a team get get deep in the you know on their side there. He's he's so good that he can bail you out a lot of times. Right, right, and uh, you know like that said game 1 is you know going on right now or you know happening at at this moment, but uh yeah, I think it's going to be shape up for, you know, two great great series there, you know, East and West, I think are, you know, I think the four probably the four best teams that we've seen through through the playoffs mm. so far and uh yep. you know, I think they get, you know, hockey got it right or you know, the hockey gods made it made it work yeah, that right. the, the four best teams and that's are what playing. you want to see. Yeah. All right. Well, on to the hardwood. And before we get into the NBA, we're going to finish with the NBA uh, finals. But uh, before that, the Lakers got their new guy this week. Um, uh, Darvin Ham, uh, assistant with the Bucks. Um, you know, uh, after finishing 33 and 49 this year, obviously not what L.A.'s uh, used to. They, you know, fired Vogel, um, you know, but I don't, the, he, he, the cards were stacked against him right mm. from the beginning. They never gave him the chance to run the team that he, they only gave him a three-year contract to start with, right. which is almost unheard of in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and what's he do his first season in the uh, COVID shortened season, he wins, he wins a, a, you know, a championship. Right. And they only give him a one, a one year extension. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was told you have to hire Jason Kidd as your assistant. Mm. So what's that tell you? Yeah. You're hiring my replacement. Right. Right. So which didn't what it happen. sounds like, we know where Jason, you know, where, where uh, Jason wound up, but, and then they said it was a regular thing for uh, front office, some um, senior basketball advisor, Kurt Rambis to be in regular meetings that are normally reserved just for coaches. Mm. He was a regular attendee at the coaches meeting. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just don't think it was fair to Vogel, but, but you know, it, I think that is what it is. Yeah, I think that's that's always a problem with you know some of these bigger market teams or maybe even just just LA or the Lakers in general is that the front office always wants to have their hand in the in the cookie jar. Right. You know they they have a have a a hard time you know defining roles or defining you know where the line starts and where the line ends. Of mm-hmm. you know the coach does this, you know the front office does this. You know the coach is responsible for this, the GM is responsible for this, and we're not going to have any crossover. We're going to let you know. Let the coach do his thing. We're going to let the front office do their thing. And, and I think that a lot of the times, you know, is, is, you know, somewhat of the downfall of the lake. It, you know, sometimes it's a benefit. Sometimes it's a downfall. And then, you know, in this instance, it seems like it was well, a I downfall. Because so. I think it bled over to the players that, you know, the players saw that management didn't trust Vogel. Mm-hmm. 
So they didn't have any confidence in him either. I think is the it's way this cra- thing. It's crazy. Up. The Lakers show so much confidence in Kurt Rambis when every every time that guy's been a head coach in the league, he's been, he's awful. been awful. horrible. Yeah, awful. horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I, I think that yeah, Dad, you, you nailed it there. You know, not having a ton of confidence in Frank Vogel. You know, with with some of the moves that they made and some of the deals. You know, the guy wins an NBA championship and you only give him a one year extension. I think, you know, not only did that hurt. Frank Vogel, but, you know, I was reading something that that also kind of deterred some of the bigger names from putting their name in the hat for this thing, because they're looking at it like, man, what do you got to do? Yeah. Like I got to win a championship pretty much every year just to, just to get, you know, stuff to stay there. Let's face it. You know, that, that team was a dumpster fire this Mm -hmm, year. I mm -hmm. mean, it was the salaries that they were paying and and the guys uh, couldn't stay healthy. I mean, the the three, you know, the three superstars, an old team. LeBron, you know, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, I think, were on the floor for a total of like ten games, or you together, know, so, yeah. you know, so so it, you did, you never could find out if they could play together because they were never out there right. long enough. Absolutely, and obviously that's that's the big question. That's yeah. that's number one, and you I, know, objective for. It, it sounds like they're going to try something, hopefully a little bit different, at least from the outside looking in. You know, you never know what's going on behind the scenes, but they they you know they gave Darvin Ham a four year deal right off the bat, yeah, and they they said that. Uh, He's going to be given more control over the team without Rambus or anybody else looking over his shoulder. They said Rambus will not be attending the coaches' meetings. So, yeah, you know, we'll I see hope they hold up to that, you know, you know hold up their end of the bargain because I think this guy is 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 a good, you know, can be a good guy if they let him do what he's, you know, they supposed said, to do. They said discipline and working hard won't be a problem for him. He expects his players to – you know, give a hundred percent. So well, I, I think I, that showed because I mean, that's the type of guy he was, he was 12 year journeyman in the league, yeah. but always found a way to stick. Had to work for, for everything he got yeah, right. Yeah. For six different NBA teams. He, he won a championship with the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, obviously as an assistant coach, uh, he's, he's been with a couple different teams and, and won a championship with yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks. So yep. he's, yeah. he's got, he's got a pedigree there. I yeah, think so. Sure. I think it was, I think it was a good hire. Yeah. Um, he actually uh, spent actually a couple of seasons in the Lakers organization as an assistant assistant coach under under Phil Jackson at the time so you know and he spent some time with with Greg Popovich um most notably he spent a lot of his time with uh Mike Budenholzer who's you know the current coach of the uh Milwaukee Bucks but uh also spent some time in Atlanta with with Budenholzer as well so you know a, a pretty decent you know coaching tree or you know some guys that he's learned you know some stuff from and like I said I think the first one you know the first question he has to answer or the first thing that he has to figure out is how do you make how do you get Russell Westbrook to play into this system with LeBron and Anthony Davis? How does he fit into that, you know, into that system? If, the if, if you're not able to move those pieces around, if you're basically staying pat and you're sticking with the team that, that you have, mm-hmm. how do you get Russell Westbrook to, to fit into that system? And, and from what I understand, a lot of the interviews, that was pretty much the first question that they, that they asked of all these candidates, you know, the couple of candidates that they interviewed was, Tell us how, you know, how you plan to, to fix, you know, putting Russell Westbrook in this system. How do you how do you plan on doing that? You know, I don't know that that can be fixed. Russell Westbrook's always been a guy who has to dominate the ball to mm-hmm. be successful and, yeah. and be the centerpiece. He, he He's more of a, a, he's not a, a good loner shooter. guy. He, he's not a, not a, he's great not shooter. a team, you know, big three type guy. He's, yeah. he's the type of guy that needs to be that centerpiece mm-hmm. by yeah. himself. I, I, I think the way you fit them in is you don't fit them in. You, right. you find a way to either get rid of them <laughs> yeah, or you just bench them. I don't know which one is the taller task, keeping him on the team and trying to fit him into the system or trying to offload him and, and send him somewhere because of his high salary yeah, amount yeah. And, and just, you know, his production has fallen off so much here right, recently. 
what he's not worth you not you're not worth as much as what he used to be so mm-hmm. who wants to take him on yeah. at this point so yeah it's definitely a yeah, you know conundrum be... that that darvin's in there and and you yeah. know i don't know which which route is the the best way i think at this point yeah you, you just say we'll, we'll keep him on there we got to figure out how to how to get it to work and 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 you know maybe it will work better like i say we're only on the floor for a handful of games mm-hmm. last year Maybe they just need, you know, some more playing time together. Maybe that's what it is. I, I don't know, but you know, yeah. we'll, it, you know, time will time will tell. But I think that the, you know, the Lakers got what they could. You know, I think that they got the man that they wanted. That was that was out there. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously a little bit different philosophy than what the Lakers usually do. They are usually out there to get the big name or you know the guy, the flashy guy. Yeah. This this guy's a little bit different. Or has no prior head coaching experience. Mm-hmm. You know, just an assistant that's learned. You know, under some big guy. You know, some big names. And, and getting his first opportunity in, you know, a big market that, you know, they they love you when you're doing well, but they can turn on you just as quick when you're not. So. And, you know, I like that this seemed to be more of an L.A. front office move mm-hmm. and, and not a LeBron move, where mm-hmm. previously they've been doing a lot to, to please LeBron. I, I think L.A. did what L.A. needed to do here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they went towards their future. I mean, they know LeBron's maybe got a few years left in him in his NBA career and you know, you got to start building that franchise with, with, with your guys. And right, right. Guys you want to be there in the long yep. term. Absolutely. Right. Well, on to the finals then. You know, is this is Boston going to hang banner 18? You know, I, I don't know. I, I the, the odds makers don't like that. Um, the two, but, you know, 75% of the experts I was reading are picking Golden State. But caveat to that is over half of those guys are saying that it's going to go all seven games so you know you <laughs> go all seven once you get right there. right so you know anything can happen like matt said you know obviously golden state with a better record mm-hmm. um you know they'll they'll play that if it does go seven they'll play that out in oakland um but you know i, I think um i think boston's yeah they're a tough team you know I don't know. It's it's going to be good. I think um, starts tomorrow. Uh, late game, obviously, because they're out on the West Coast. Nine o'clock on ABC. Gold State's right now favored by three and a half points. So, mm-hmm. give me a rundown on this, fellas. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, like like Dad said, I mean, it's it's going to be a good one. I mean, they tied they tied in the regular season. One split, one. split yeah. split the regular season, but uh, you know, just kind of running down how we how we got here, how we you know wound up with these two teams here, you know, in the first round, you know, the Nets swept the Brooklyn Nets who, you know, a lot of people were picking to win the NBA. The Celtics, you mean. The Celtics beat yeah. the Nets. Yeah, yeah. my bad. Uh, beat the Brooklyn Nets, swept them four to nothing. And like I said, the, the Nets were a lot of the team, you know, a lot of experts were picking them to, you know, win the finals or, you know, to make it to the finals. So Celtics, you know, took care of business there. And then these last two rounds, you know, second round, they beat the defending champ in the Milwaukee Bucks in a game grueling game seven, mm. four to three. Then you know turn around in the Eastern Conference Finals and beat another another tough Miami Heat team four to three. So seven games. you know at this point you know how much does Boston have left in the tank? I think it's something you gotta you know you gotta look at. Obviously they got a little bit of rest here you know since they played you know on on uh, you know Monday uh, Monday night or Sunday night. Um, mm-hmm. They're getting a few days off here to charge recharge the batteries. But uh, you look then on the flip side, Golden State first round they beat the Denver Nuggets four to one. Second round, they beat the Grizzlies four to two, and then Western Conference Finals, they beat the Dallas Mavericks four to one. So they, they definitely really not def- been tested. They have not really. really been tested. Have kind of you know somewhat coasted through this Western you know Western Conference. Um, you know, and I, I think they've had some some tough matchups. That that Grizzlies series was pretty grueling, pretty you know tough. You know, banged up you know some of their players or whatnot. But uh, 
definitely obviously have a lot more rest going into this finals matchup than, than the yes, Celtics sir. do. So does that long time off hurt them or help them? I think. I think yeah. uh, for me it helps. I think they, I think like so I said, too. they're 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 a little banged up, but but they're know. a veteran team that right. you know is going to respond. They know what's on the line. I think um, Matt, what you got? Yeah, you know, look at these two teams on paper. They're mirror images of each other. You know, Boston scored 112 points per game. Golden State 111. Both teams shoot almost 47 percent from the field. Both teams lean heavily on the three ball. Mm. It, uh, I think Boston's a slightly better defensive team. Mm. But, uh, you know, typically I'd say that that defense wins you championships. But in this case, I, I think uh, with these two teams being so close on paper, that rest is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Golden State's had the easier route here, hasn't played near as many games, haven't been taken to the brink. They haven't had to put it all out there mm-hmm. on the line. You know, I, I think that helps tremendously. And then I also think they're – their playoff experience, you know, Boston doesn't have many guys that have ever been in a championship. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the, most of this Golden state warrior team has been there, done that. Want it. Know, want it. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, they know how to, how to get through that grind, even if they fall behind and, right. and, and, and still keep, keep pushing through. So I, I think that's huge in a case like this. I think Golden State wins, but it's it's going to be a heck of a series. I think it could go seven. Yeah, yep. I think it'll be be interesting. To, you know, like you said, with with Golden State not being tested or you know hasn't really been tested too much, you know, does that does that give the advantage to, to Boston because they have been you know in in two game sevens they have been tested they've been down several times in their series and and, and fought back. Does that give them an advantage? You know, if they you know get up, you know, will Golden State you know get that deer in the headlights? But I think. Because they are such an experienced team, I think that that you know that helps them. They they you know even even if they do get in a tight situation, they have the players that have been in those moments that you know in the past that that they know how to get you know get around that or you know navigate that. So sure. I think yeah, absolutely a, you know an interesting interesting series going here. And you know you talk about these two teams defensively. This is the first time since 1996 that the two the top two teams in defensive overall defensive efficiency playing each other in the finals since 1996. And that was the Bulls Bulls versus Supersonics was the last time that that happened. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. To see which defense gets the better of the, of the matchups and, you know, is able to limit the, the offenses because these two teams can score in bunches too. If if they're, you know, if they're hot and, you know, like you said, they somewhat, you know, live and die by the three ball. So if one team's stroking it from outside, it could be, you know, a blowout or, you know, it could be, you know, either way, it could be could you kind be of saw that in that Boston Miami series. Teams were jumping out to big leads, and the other team just couldn't. You know, they they buried themselves in a hole by you know starting off with a cold first quarter. And you know, Golden State's thirty one and ten on the road or at home. I'm sorry, this season. You know, and they have the a home court advantage. Boston's only twenty three and eighteen on the road. So, I guess as as much as I, I I'm rooting for Boston, I'd like to see the Celtics win, um, but. I guess I, if I'm going to bet safe money, I'm I'm going with Golden State. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's going to be going to be another you know interesting pointer. You know, something to to look at is you know the Warriors. You know, we don't think of them as being a kind of a high volume turnover team, but uh, you know, in this you know in the playoffs so far, they uh, you know have averaged almost 15, 15 turnovers you know per per game through the through the playoffs, which was fifth worst amongst the sixteen teams that were. You know, in the, in the playoffs, and it, it's one of those things that you know, in their four losses, they have almost 17 turnovers and have given up almost 21 points off of those turnovers. In their wins, they're giving up you know less than less than 14 and only about 14 points you know off of those turnovers. So I think the difference is going to be 
can Boston force enough turnovers, get enough steals, get enough, you know, empty possessions for Golden State, but then also take advantage of those, you know, those extra possessions yeah. that they get, mm-hmm. um, you know, and obviously they got, you know, a dynamic duo in, in Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, but, uh, you know, Warriors obviously got a, got a plethora of players that they can throw at you and Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, I mean, Draymond can give you some, you know, some, he does a lot of the tough things. He, you know, goes in there and plays hard-nosed defense, gives you the the rebounds and things like that. So he just goes in there and grinds it out. But, uh, yeah, this series is going to be good. But, uh, you know, I'm sticking sticking with the Boston boys. I've been high on them, you know, pretty much since the second half of the NBA season has started. Been real high on them since the playoffs. I got to keep, you know, keep rolling with the, with the Boston boys. I, I think that they they get it done, but I think it's going to go, going to go another game seven. <clears throat> All right, well, that's all we got for you tonight. Uh, I think we're going to come at you again next week on a Wednesday night. Uh, you know, like I said, Colton and Matt and I are getting a chance to attend the memorial this weekend. So uh, we'll be able to give you some some recap, live, recap, you live know. recap from there. So, yep, so we'll let Colton do the honors here. And, uh, we'll talk to you in a little bit. All right. Thanks uh, for listening to Fired Up with your host, Colton Cal. Chief Rob Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, uh, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on, on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our on our Instagram. Our handle is uh, firedup underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook at uh, firedup comma sports podcast. And as always, you can, you know, head over to our website as well, which is firedup1.podbean.com. You can find all of our past episodes and just a little bit about the show, um, you know, a little bit of information about the show. And, you know, if you want to hear some of our other past episodes, you know, check us out on all the different podcast platforms. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google, Pandora, you know, wherever you, you know, can find a podcast, anywhere that has podcasts, you can find our show. So we'd appreciate you guys listening to us. And uh, as always, stay stay fired up. up.